Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. It is Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, joined by Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub to dissect that 6 nothing loss to the Los Angeles Chargers yesterday for the New England Patriots. Uh, just more of the same really going on there at a rainy Gillette Stadium yesterday, even after they make the switch to Bailey Zappi. But if you want a silver lining, the Patriots are sole possession of the number two pick in the draft now. But there's a lot of bad, a lot of bad stats. You know, for second time, they got shut out at home this year, which is, you know, a franchise record. First team since 1938 to score or to allow 10 points or less in three straight games and lose all three. So a lot of bad stats working against the Patriots as they drop to 2-10, and and we get kind of the same story yesterday against the Chargers. Yeah, we did. Just another bad performance. Uh, We'll get into, I think things look different with Bailey Zappi. I wouldn't qualify them as better or worse. They were just different. Look, you put up no points. They got blanked for the second time this year. Um, I, I know some people want to be optimistic about Bailey Zappi's game. I understand why. We can talk about that. Play wasn't good enough when he scored zero points, period, end of story. Just wasn't. And I, we can get into the I, – I don't know if you want to – we can start here, Brian, actually, because talking about, you know, the effort of the offense, I thought this comment from Bill Belichick after the game, which he kind of doubled down on this morning, um, was very telling. So this was Bill Belichick's opening statement yesterday. Like, So usually he comes in for the press conference and – He'll talk for like 30 seconds. We don't ask him a question. He just kind of gives his like, this is what the game was. Um, So here's what he said. Some missed opportunities here today. We moved the ball, but we're on a long, we're on a long field. Just really didn't do a good job of field position. Couldn't play the complimentary game we needed to play. Pair that with the fact that Belichick told CBS at halftime, what they needed to improve on was the defense forcing a turnover I don't think Bill Belichick thought the offense was the problem yesterday because he said that thing about a long field or we moved the ball. Bill, you had 250 yards, four yards per play. He didn't reach the uh, the red zone. The red zone. <laughs> Kept saying they moved the ball. It was a long field, complimentary football. He wanted the defense or the special teams to somehow set them up with a short field. That was his game plan. That's the thing about what's crazy about all this is I don't think he – understands I shouldn't say I don't think he understands because he's Bill Belichick he's the greatest coach of all time let me rephrase that I think he's approaching the game from a point of view of we're going to turn the ball over we're going to play good on special teams you're going to play field position battle we'll get some short fields you're going to win in a rock fight and you just can't win that way in the modern NFL if there was ever a game to be won that way in the, in the modern era, it was that game with the rain and the Chargers just being a jumbled mess because of Brandon Staley, who, by the way, is 330, is still employed. Don't get that one. We'll get to that, too. But I just think for Bill Belichick to say that and seemingly put it on the defense, again, we moved the ball, but we're on a long field. Just really didn't do a good job of field position. And yeah, no, it's not easy to go. Their, their average, I think, starting field position was inside the 20. So I'm not saying he's wrong about them having a long field. But sometimes you need to go long field to score. That's just the game. 
I don't know how you're going to say like the defense did their part. They had a long field every time because they couldn't even flip the field on offense. They couldn't get down the field and pin the other team or the few times they did. The, there was a punt, great punt back the other way where, you know, you're having negative punt returns. This goes on the special teams too. Um, they just never, you need to win sometimes with long fields, not flipping the field is not a, a, a defensive issue. It's an offensive issue. The Chargers scored six points. Three of them were off of a turnover. They got the short field. The Patriots didn't. So I, I just, I think it's very, very telling that Bill Belichick made that comment after the game and made the comment at halftime about a turnover. And then at the same time, you have Devon Godshaw talking to reporters. And I, one, I don't think Andrew Callahan's the only reporter he said that stuff to. That's nothing against Andrew. I'm just saying, I, I think this is, he's fine talking about it is my point. I also don't think Devon Godshaw is the, other pl- the only player on the defense that feels that way. And I, I got to um, pull up that comment now because I don't have it in front of me. Or Brian, if you want to pull it up while I just finish up here. You have defensive players openly saying, we are doing all we can. And it's still not enough. And that's not our fault. And I'm paraphrasing there. Well, you have the head coach saying, yeah, well, you know, we didn't get a turnover. Couldn't flip the field. So what do you want the offense to do? They move the ball with their 250 yards. I think that goes to the core of why the Patriots are in the issue they're in right now. Because they're just not the, – the approach, the philosophical approach does not apply to the modern game as impactfully as they're hoping it will. Yep. And one of the quotes from Godshaw was, you know, we can't even afford to let them kick a field goal. We've got to hold them to zero. You heard Adrian Phillips kind of say that same thing yep. after the Giants game last week. That's Jalen kind of, Mills, I think, made a similar yeah. comment. And Peppers was saying – or Tavai was saying, you know, we gave up six points. That should be good enough, but it's not. So our perfection has to be zero. You have uh, Pepper saying we got to start scoring now on defense. That's kind of the mentality of these guys because you go back to Bill. Like he wants to win games 13 10 or 10 7, it seems like. And that's just not how you play football in 2023. If there was a time to do it, it would have been yesterday, as you said, but they still couldn't do that. They, to say they move the ball when you have 257 yards of offense, zero plays in the red area, zero points is kind of ridiculous to say. He's really banking it on the defense, creating a turnover or special teams not allowing a 34, I believe, punt return. Right, 34 yard punt return. Setting, yeah. up, setting up a field goal right there. Those is what that's what he's looking at and saying as the difference in the game. And, and you know, the Ramondre Stevenson fumble wasn't a back-breaking turnover like some of the ones earlier in this year when you heard him just say, we can't turn over the ball. We have to t- t- take care of the ball. He's viewing it as the defense and the special teams is kind of losing some of these games when the offense scored zero right. points. I, again, the, the six points came off of the Ramondre Stevenson fumble. That's one field goal. in the 30, whatever it was, 34, 35-yard punt return, that's the other field goal. So he's putting that on the defense and special teams for not creating opportunities like that of their own. That's just not how it works. It's and, and it's not like the offense was close. It's like, oh, you know, they missed a field goal or, you know, they were down on the one yard line and they went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. They didn't come remotely close to scoring. The closest they got was a deep ball to Devontae <laughs> Parker that he was clearly out of bounds on that was originally ruled to catch before it was changed out of bounds. That is the closest they got to scoring. I, I'm sorry, Bill. That's not – I'm not going to – look, I don't think the defense played – fantastic against the Giants I don't some of that was Tommy DeVito this week say what you want about rain Uh, other teams have played teams in the rain the Chargers were the eighth ranked offense coming in and Justin Herbert looked completely lost his receivers had some drops that helped but even still there were two big drops in that game that I think changed things there was one on a third down early in the game I don't remember to who, where the chargers were like actually kind of moving the ball that derailed the drive. And then the big one was late in the game. He hit Donald Parham on a really nice whip route where the Patriots were blitzing. There's nobody behind him. Parham catches the ball and he takes off and he scores. Okay. So the drops took 14 points off the board in the modern NFL. You allow 20 points. You should still probably win. 20 points is still a pretty solid defensive effort. You average 20 points per game defensively. You're going to be a top 10 unit in the league. So even if you want to throw in those two misses, the defense played pretty damn well. 
I don't know how you can sit here and talk about, you know, oh, well, the offense moved the ball. We had long fields. We didn't get the turnover. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they're – But that's what, Sorry, but that's what they need. They need the turnover to win. It's the only way they can win the game. Yeah, they're, they got to score on defense, as Peppers was kind of alluding to. I think Bentley said that uh, last week or maybe even the week before. Like, they got to put points on the board if they want to win these games. But, yeah, like the last – you go back to that stat, like first team since 38, Super Bowl era, to allow 10 points or less and go 0-3. But, you know, you looked at that Colts game and that Giants game – and they're not giving up points, but there were some coverage busts. There were some plays to be had, but you're going up against Gardner Minshew and uh, Tommy DeVito. They're dropping their eyes to the rush, you know, looking like backup quarterbacks, but doing that against Justin Herbert. And it was a much better, you know, coverage plan. John Jones, you know, limiting Keenan Allen to five catches. J.C. Jackson had a really good bounce back, couple pass breakups. Like, that was a, a good defensive game plan. And, like, they deserved to win that game, even if they gave up 20 points, as you said, and they gave up a few of those, those drops transition to catches. It may be touchdowns. That should have been a good enough game plan against a really good quarterback in Justin Herbert uh, to win the game. But it wasn't because they can't score. Even though Bill said they moved the ball, they did not move the ball. And, and that was basically that as they get shut out again. Yeah. But uh, we can transition to, a little Bailey Zappi, if you want to, because sure. he was uh, the commander of that offense. First start of the year, he said, you know, it falls on him. He's got to do better, all, all the right stuff. But we saw a lot of those accuracy inconsistencies early that we saw in training camp that led to him getting waived coming out of training camp. Uh, he was, I thought he held the ball a few times too long. One resulted in the sack. I thought he missed some plays on the field is the whole just operation, like the timing looks off. But I will say, I thought he got better as the game went on. And as they kind of in the second half, more let him throw the ball downfield, especially those plays to Devonte Parker. And I thought his work in the pocket was much better than anything we've seen from Mac Jones this year, whether that has to do to his internal clock, not being broken, or I think he's a little bit mo more mobile too. But I thought there were some, some good stuff from Zappy, some bad stuff from Zappy, but ultimately, as you said in the beginning, they scored zero points and he was the starting quarterback. Look, for for the bar being what it's been for Patriots quarterback play this year, I thought Zappy was okay. The bar can't be that low. And honestly, the one silver lining of the quarterback play this season, following Tom Brady, nearly impossible. Just add like to be the next guy. And I know there's Cam Newton, but like to be like the next long-term guy. <clears throat> Following this, the bar's so low. Like whoever comes in next, they're gonna they should clear leaps and bounds, clear expectations. So I thought Zappy again. The thing that stood out to me, he did a very good job in the pocket of moving around, extending plays, uh, using his legs. I thought the scramble where he pumps the defender up in the air—that's a great play. We just haven't seen that for Mac Jones behind this offensive line. That skill set's gonna play. Now he was also sacked five times. He was hit. Six more times on top of all the running around when he had to get away from defenders. If they can't block better, he's going to get sped up like Mac Jones. And in about a month, he's going to be looking like Mac Jones. Look. So I think that's kind of part of the switch is you just get a guy back there that's more comfortable, which is good. But you got to keep him comfortable. That being said, when he did get the ball off, I didn't think his accuracy was great. It wasn't. He was missing receivers, you know, close to him. I, I thought the Taekwondo ball was a bit overthrown. I did. Taekwon got open. He 50th overall pick should make that catch. But I thought that ball was a bit overthrown. He missed Zeke in the flat. Uh, he missed a couple other check down receivers. He was kind of spraying it a little bit. So he's got to do a better job of when he does move around, when he does extend the play, get the feet reset and get the ball out of accuracy. Cause he definitely left some plays on the table. So I, I, I didn't look, it was better. It was better. It was refreshing. I didn't look at that game and say, okay, here we go. They have their starting quarterback. Far from it. He looks like Mac did at the start of the year, basically. He looks like Mac did before he got sped up. Yeah, but you'd expect him to start the short week. He'll, he'll start again, injured. yeah. Oh, the one other thing, too. Um, so the offensive operation as a whole, because that was part of it with Mac, they only got called for one delay a game, but there were a lot of times yeah. where 
Zappi was making checks right up to the play clock hitting zero. The big sack by Derwin James on third down. You can he he's pointing to James like as the ball is snapped. So he's got to do a better job too. And and this is something Mac Jones struggled with as well. I'm not saying it's just a Bailey Zappi thing. And, and maybe this is a Bill O'Brien issue. Maybe the offense just is too much right now. It's not being taught properly. Not every even with Zappi, not everybody's on the same page. And the checks are taking too long. The the hot routes, the changes are taking too long. The IDs are taking too long, and they just don't have enough time to do all of it. And Zappi didn't fix that. Yep, and, and that's something I think a lot of us have been talking about the last month or so. Like big picture, is this offense just like too much on a quarterback in a way, or too much on really everyone? Because on that fourth down sack, I think Andrew, you mentioned Zappi's pointing, and Andrew Callahan posted the screenshot. There's like Zeke's pointing and Taekwon's pointing. There's like four guys pointing at Derwin James and they still, you know, Zeke goes outside to block him and Derwin shoots back inside and it's a sack. So like big picture. And if you want to look at, you know, if you're breeding a rookie quarterback next year, like is this offense good to keep going or is it just like too much mental stress? We hear Mac talk about that pre-snap checklist and then Zappy's doing all that, delay a game. They had a 12 men in the huddle as they're, you know, rotating Trent Brown in and out. So that's just, you know, something to keep monitoring here. You know, big picture, who's going to be the next guy, you know, coaching this young quarterback up? Is it going to be Bill O'Brien? Is it going to be that offense? So that was interesting to see keep carry over uh, to Zappy. But were you surprised to see no Malik Cunningham yesterday? Because we said Thursday you know, he hasn't played since his week six debut where he looked extremely overwhelmed. And he told, you know, us reporters that he hasn't practiced quarterback at, he hasn't practiced quarterback since this week. So how would he look if he was thrown into a game? Would he be, you know, ready to go? And then they elevated him and they gave him a game day roster spot. So he must've been ready to go in their eyes. And then they say they have a package of plays for him. And then we just don't see him at all even though it's raining even though they run the ball 35 times you would think just give him a snap to see how it looks how LA responds to that but they left him on the sidelines seemed like he was just literally serving as the backup quarterback in that one unless their package of plays was for the red area and they never even got inside the 20 so were were you surprised not to see Malik at all there yesterday I was and and I have to wonder if this is Something like with Kayshawn Booty, where he told reporters he was ready to play, and the team just apparently doesn't like that. Um, he said he told Andrew Callahan after the game, "There's a package for him." And again, this goes to Bill Belichick's view of the game, where he said we didn't want to get away. The reason they didn't go to Cunningham was they didn't want to get away from the success they were having on offense. To which I would say, what success? I, they could have used Cunningham yesterday, especially especially after Ramondre Stevenson got hurt because they only really have one running back on the roster who's also hurt in Ezekiel Elliott. They had Ty Montgomery taking some running back snaps yesterday. But it, it, it made all the sense in the world for them to go to Malik Cunningham, and they didn't. And, yeah, that did surprise me. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him again next week because the team seems to not want to try new things despite – like I was really surprised in the second half. They let Zappi throw the ball down the field as much as he did because it was all short stuff against the Giants. It was all short stuff in the first half this week. But, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Look, if they didn't play him because Bill said, we, you know, we didn't think he was ready or we thought, you know, it was a bad matchup with the Chargers or whatever, like, fine, I get that. But there seems to be no rhyme or reason when you're averaging four yards a play and you won't put this guy who's an electric ball carrier in the game because we're trying to, you know, we didn't want to get away from what was working to quote the head coach. Yep. And that quote was Bill said, we had times where we got things going. We wanted to try to stay with what we were doing, which I don't know what they were doing, but it wasn't very, very working. And, you know, if they're elevating him and they're giving him a game, they spot, you would assume they've seen enough to think he's ready and can go out there and play. And so the fact that he didn't was, you know, puzzling to me and I think all of us watching. But uh, the run game was what they were relying on early. There was a lot of Ramondre Stevenson in the first two drives before he got hurt, lost the fumble. Uh, Looks like the x-rays were negative on that ankle, but looks like a sprain and he's going to miss some time. So 
would doubt he suits up on a short week here Thursday. Uh, we got a lot of Zeke in his place, even though he came into the week questionable with a thigh injury. Uh, and then really three receivers kind of paced the game. It was Juju, Devontae Parker, uh, and Tyquan Thornton. Parker, just, you know, favorite. Bailey Zappi loves him some Devontae Parker, just throwing it up yeah. there and letting him get it. Uh, he had a few nice catches downfield, but then the one where he couldn't get his feet in bounds. And, and Tyquan just continues to be frustrating. Like, he has the huge 39-yard end around where you see his speed, that 4.28 speed, and then he beats the guy downfield. And, you know, whether he, it was a little overthrown, whether he should have ran through it instead of diving, like you'd like to see him catch that ball. And then there are times where it looks like he gets open, but it's just, you know, Zappy's under pressure or can't get him the ball. or It's just a frustrating player for that offense. And you'd like to see a little more, obviously because he's a second round pick but with these opportunities he's getting and it's just not you know manifesting on the game field yeah i hate to keep going back to belichick but belichick kind of gave him the pass this morning after last week so i thought that was interesting at a certain point he's got to grab one of these opportunities and and time's really running out and even if he grabs one now it's going to be like there's too much in the other column to say like yeah he's a part of the future it's like Nikhil harry when he would get those garbage time catches in 2020 and 2021. So yeah, it, it, it's just more of the same from him. It, he's not running great routes. He's having trouble catching the football. Yeah. Yep. Frustrating player, to say the least. But uh, only other thing I had offensively was this was kind of the first down game from Mike on since he kicked outside to right tackle, had a lot of trouble uh, with Khalil Mack as a lot of people are this year. I think Mac is leading the league in sacks, but you know he had two sacks, four pressures on both. You know he was moving around, giving a lot of guys trouble. But that was Michael Winu's first kind of down game since since kicking outside there. Uh, you know five total sacks. Looked like one. I'd say at least one was on Zappy holding the ball, but three or four were like pretty instant, no chance plays. So uh, up and down from the line, but Michael Winu down was kind of noticeable against Mac there. Yeah, I mean, Cleo Mack still got it, first of all. He, yeah. he looked awesome yesterday. But, yeah, first first rough game for, for Mike Onwenu. It'll happen. It'll <laughs> it'll happen. Like, I still think he's a quality right tackle. Let's, let's see. If it snowballs, I'll change my mind. But I'm willing to chalk that up to he had a bad day. It seemed like they were having trouble setting protections all day. And you move on. You hope he fixes it next week because he'll have a tough test again next week against Pittsburgh. Yeah. T.J. Watt will be – that's as good as they come right there, TJ Watt. So score early this NFL season with FanDuel. You know what's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math, and I, I know that's a good deal. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, so we touched on the defense a lot, you know, opening up. Six points, two field goals against Herbert. Really good performance. You know, bounce back game for JC after I thought he might get benched in this one after, you know, a bad week last week. But, you know, he bounced back. John Jones, good game. Even, you know, Jalen Mills had a nice pass breakup, Miles Bryant. And then they held that that run defense continues to pop up front. Devon Gottschall, Anthony Jennings, Tavai, Bentley, Uche even made a nice play in the run. 34 yards on 20 carries. Keon White season high 53 snaps just they did their job in this one so i thought those were some bright spots uh any 
bright spots you had or anything specific defensively to note? I I, th- I thought the biggest observation just individually was Jabril Peppers played the majority of the game. He started all of that. There didn't seem to be any repercussions for the comments he made after the Giants game last week. Talking to people, I think the team was more annoyed at NFL media for letting that clip get out than they were at Peppers for saying it. And obviously he issued that fantastic apology last week. If you haven't watched that yet, go do it. But uh, yeah, it's good to see that in a season where so many guys have ended up in the doghouse for so many reasons. Again, we're speculating Malik Cunningham didn't play because he told reporters he was excited to play. And Peppers has certainly earned some more leash in that regard. And it's good to see he's getting it. And it's good to see that he was, he was back out on the field. Yep. And Bill was asked about that on radio this morning. <laughs> he said, there are things that are said in frustrating moment, moments. And then, you know, he said, Jabril works hard, good teammate, all, all that. So <laughs> Bill's right on that one. I'll, I'll give Bill. Yeah. That's the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of seemed like he knew where he was coming from with that comment. So, uh, right. But, uh, yeah, Peppers was awesome as he's been all year. Tavai, same thing. I thought Mac Wilson had some good plays too, uh, mixing in there. Uh, one of the downs though, and you know we'll bring him up because we talk about him a lot, was Marte Mapu got his first defensive snap since that Germany game, and it didn't last long because you know right away, uh, Chargers kind of had a switch release with their two tight ends, and he just busted the coverage, and it was like a big 26-yard gain, and I don't think he played another snap. After that, he played three snaps total, so uh, kind of frustrating there that you know he gets out and makes a bad play, rookie rookie mistake, and sits on the bench. But uh, Bill was asked about him too this morning and just kind of said, you know, we have Peppers and Duggar in front of him, so you know we have good players in front of him, so he can't get on the field right now. Uh, but yeah, Mapu, three snaps and the coverage bus wasn't great. But uh, yeah, it's just, you know, big picture defensively. It's just like these guys are obviously frustrated. So how's that going to boil over for the last five games down the stretch here? And are they going to start overextending to create turnovers and, and try to score touchdowns by themselves to try to win these games? That's just really the big thing to watch here because they've been good. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it'll boil over in that sense. I don't think you're going to – I think what you got from Devot Gottschall uh, yesterday to yeah. Andrew Callahan, I think you'll just see more of that, basically, guys saying we're doing what we can do. You might get some guys, you know, checking out. I thought it was very interesting that Bill Belichick this morning kind of didn't rule out Matthew Judon returning. I'm not sure why Judon would return at this point, take all the time he needs to rehab. They might want to back. That could become a thing, but it's y- – you have to feel for him because they are playing great football they are and it's just not uh, resulting in wins but i think that's a group that plays with a lot of pride i think when you have leaders like juan bentley kyle duggar matthew judon from the sideline um jabril peppers obviously they're gonna that group's gonna keep competing with effort that group's gonna continue to play for pride i think you'll still see uh, positive outputs from the defense i just think you're gonna get after the game if there's more games like this hey what more do you want us to do we held them to six points. Three of those off a long kick return. Three of those off a of fumble. What do you want us to do? Yep. Tough spot for them. But, yeah, credit to Judon. He's been around. You know, he was there yesterday sticking around, being a, a leader on the sideline in the locker room, I'm sure. So, like, I don't I don't need to, I don't need to see him on the field again this year at, at 2-10. and 10. I'm sure he would like to play, but I don't know. Just, you know, rest up, and we'll see you next year. But, Tough spot for the defense. And, you know, we touched on special teams again uh, early. Uh, Bryce Berenger had, you know, a nice 70-yard bomb and then a couple inside the 20s, but he also went back and had a few pair of shanks, gave up that that long return uh, to help set up a field goal. And then we didn't get any Chad Rylands, which is kind of where we were looking after he missed. But what were you thinking on that, you know, about six minutes left they're on the 34th and five and they go for it bill said it was tough conditions to kick in we saw chad ryland have some struggles pregame was that like a no faith for you or was that a we need to score a touchdown and this is probably our best bet to try and do so i think there was some no faith there and bill even said after the game it was tough kicking conditions and ryland missed five kicks in a row to conclude warm-ups from about that distance i think they were a little worried about chad ryland missing that kick i do yep Seemed that way. Seemed that way. But uh, 
Yeah. Uh, only other special teams thing I had was they heard us and took Ty Montgomery out of the kick return spot, but they put Jalen Rager in and he muffed his one return and then got two yards. So still nothing out of that, that kick nope. return spot, unfortunately. Yeah. No, another, just another rough day for special teams overall. Bryce Berenger, yeah. the two good punts early. And then that was as soon as I tweeted, Hey, Bryce Berenger has been really good. Uh, the wheels fell off the wagon. Yeah. So I think he averaged like 30 net yards a kick on his last five kicks. Yeah. Which is not good. Yeah. A couple of those were, you know, the plus fifties, but still just, he had some chances to flip the field again and he had a, a few shanks there. So not, not great there. Special teams again on the down, but uh, unless you have any other thoughts or notes from that wonderful game, I just um, still think I, I'm, I'm still bothered by, and I know people are going to say, Oh, they were tanking. Like they're not, we've talked about what tanking is like, they're not purposely trying to lose games at this point. They've just bad. The, the lack of urgency at the end of the game. The last, drive, the the last two drives. Was, yeah. You know, you get the ball back with two and a half minutes. They had to go 83, 84 yards, something like that. And they called runs on three of the first five plays. Another one's a screen. They get up near midfield. They start running the ball again. They're huddling. The clock's running down. And then they finally get where they, all of a sudden you see they have to start going for it and they start pressing and Bailey Zappi three incomplete passes in a row, two of which probably should have been picked. And I, again, it's, I, I don't, people saw that and I tweeted this and people, Oh, don't you know they're tanking? Like I, again, you're not going to have players go out there and make bad plays to purposely lose the game. That's just not how anything works. Guys are playing for jobs next year. They're playing for contract incentives. There's a lot. They're playing for pride, which, I know people roll their eyes at it. It's true. The coaching staff, they want to be employed next year. Forget Bill Belichick. Bill O'Brien, you think he wanted to go out this way? This was supposed to be his stepping stone back to a head coaching job, if not in the NFL at the college level. He doesn't want things like that out there on tape. But to go as slow as they did at the end of the game, look, it's one thing if maybe they don't trust Bailey Zappi to go fast. That's a problem. Then he shouldn't be the quarterback. And if you have no quarterbacks you trust, well, then you just have to suck it up and do it because that's how you win football games. That's what has me worried about this team long term is it goes back to what I said about Bill at the beginning, the approach. You you got to hurry up there one way or the other because either you hurry up to start, you pick up a chunk, and then it's like, okay, this is our last drive and you settle in, or you move with some urgency. I'm not saying you have to sprint to the line. With two and a half minutes to go, you move with some urgency. You don't get the first down. You go three and out. You punt the ball back. You still have a two-minute warning. For them to do that, it just tells me that the modern philosophy is not there. And that concerns me beyond this year. And that's why it may be time for them to make a change when it comes to the head coach. Yep. Yeah, the philosophy. I mean, all we talked about in the beginning, like wanting to win 10-7, 13-10. It's just there's a disconnect there from the modern game. So it's just weird. Just weird. I don't know. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so we'll wrap this up with a little college football because we have our college football playoffs and, you know, the Patriots sit number two, sole possession of the number two pick in the draft. So obviously a lot of us are, you know, paying a little bit more attention to the college game as it is bowl season and we have our four teams in the playoffs. We have number one, Michigan versus number four, Alabama and number two, Washington versus number three, uh, Texas. The Bama-Florida State controversy was obviously the big one, but, I mean, 
these two games are going to be awesome. These are going to be really fun games, and obviously with a ton of of draft prospects uh, to look forward to in them as well. Yeah, look, I think the committee did the best thing. I, I I don't know there was a right answer. I feel for Florida State, I do, but there is something in the bylaws about injuries impacting the decision. And this, when they set up the fourteen playoff, this was the situation everybody talked about. There's five conferences. And you have four spots. And what happens when all five conference winners are dominant? And they avoided it for 10 years. And they would have kept avoiding it with the 12-team playoff coming up. Would have been the perfect opportunity put Florida State in a play-in, make them prove that they can still play with this backup quarterback. Boom, you're golden. The last year of the four-team playoff, they get the nightmare scenario. And... I, I think they got it right because at the end of the day, they're trying to find the four, the, the two best games. And that's what they got. That's what they got. Michigan, uh, uh, not Michigan, uh, Washington, Texas, Michigan, Alabama, both will be outstanding. I think pretty much any combination you put in the championship is going to be great. Uh, it's going to be a lot of great football. Again, I feel for Florida state. I do. I don't feel as much for Georgia. I don't feel as much for Ohio, Ohio state. I know they've made their cases as well, but yeah, it's good. They, the committee got it right. We're in for some great football. Yep. The Florida State one's tough because they do feel bad for them. They did everything right. They just had their quarterback get hurt on like a freak, freak play, freak injury. The problem there. is this is going to blow up. The, the ACC is going to blow up like the Pac-12 did because now if you're Florida State, you're sitting there and you're saying, well, why are we in this conference? If we, if we can, can win it undefeated yeah. and still not get in the playoff, what are we doing here? They're going to leave. Clemson will go with them, and the ACC goes the way of the Big 12. I think that the committee effectively ended the ACC with this decision. Even with the 12 team, though, you think? Because, if I mean, if they do that, if they have a good season, they just get in the 12. Yeah, teams are going to get really butthurt about not getting the bye, though. Yeah, that's true. Because that was kind of the thing, like, leaving Florida State out goes against everything they've done in the past, right? Like, undefeated, Power 5 conference champion, but – like president doesn't really matter going forward because you're going to this 12 team playoff. So between that and the injury, I wasn't surprised. Like I was expecting Bama to, to jump them and squeak in there because, you know, they beat Georgia. They're playing good football down the stretch. They won the sec obviously. So it, it sucks for Florida state again, doing everything right. And just having your quarterback get hurt at the end there. But yeah, these are, these are going to be some awesome games and, that Texas, Texas, Washington could hit a hundred Bama, Michigan should be really tight. Like those are going to be two awesome games and, and yeah, any combination in the natty uh, should be really fun to watch. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. But that is for another time. Those games, obviously a little, little bit of wait to go till we get there, but the Patriots somehow are back in three days on Thursday night football. They are going down to Pittsburgh to take on a Kenny Pickettless Pittsburgh Steelers team. So Alex and I will be back to preview that one either Wednesday or Thursday morning. We're not sure yet, so make sure you subscribe to the channel or follow Patriots CLNS on Twitter to make sure you know when we go live. You can also follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. And go read his coverage from yesterday's game over at 985thesportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines and go read my coverage over at patspulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you in a few days. <laughs>